Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Jaybird Watching. Once again, you are here with me, your one of your hosts, Craig Borden, and my illustrious co-host, Brandon Panikar. Hey, buddy, what's going on? Not a whole lot, man. Getting close to Christmas. It'll be nice to relax for a little while. It'll be nice if there is a little more to talk about Blue Jays-wise in terms of a signing or two, but uh, I think uh, as we both talked about before we hopped on, my prediction came correct the last time we had a Wednesday wallop of Jay Hop signing a contract by the time we recorded this, and they came through. He's back to the Yankees. Yeah, as much as uh, to Blue Jays fans' dismay, <laughs> he's back with the New York Yankees. But as far as everything goes, I really was going to be shocked that once we traded him last season, at knowing Jay Happ and how good of a pitcher he is and how he's been more or less Mr. Consistency since he reestablished his uh, pitching career with the Pittsburgh Pirates there, I just, he's went from being Jay hapless, that me and my father used to call him back in his first stint with the Blue Jays, to being just the the last seven years, like really Mr. Consistency, you know what I mean? He's been a definition of good, solid pitching and really flies under the radar. And I'm just glad that he got a contract that's worthy of his time. And yeah, he doesn't quite get the third year solidified in this contract, Brennan, but he's pretty close. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's a perfect fit for New York. I mean, he just no matter how much media attention he gets or how much people talk about him, nothing changes. He doesn't get flustered with runners on base or if he's having a bad game. That's what that's what Hap used to always worry about, right? I think Buck and Pat talked about it at least once every single Jay Hap start is how much of a different pitcher he was. Started to get sick of that storyline, but he used to. Always get rattled whenever you got a bad inning. You always think about the batter before if we got a hit or a home run off of them, and you just put that aside, stop thinking, and started pitching and executing. So I'm happy for him. I, I hope he has a chance to win and, and get another few starts in the playoffs. And if he gets a World Series, he's very deserving of it. He was an awesome Toronto Blue Jay, and everybody should be happy that he's on a competitive team. Oh, yeah. I'm not turning my Jay Happ jerseys in anytime soon, <laughs> as far as all that's concerned. He's a. Definition Blue Jay at this point in his career, and regardless of I think with how good he might do with the New York Yankees in the next few years, really established himself as just being a solid pitcher for the Toronto Blue Jays, and really even in the midst of all the you know kind of rookies that we plugged in since 2015 to be pieces of our rotation, he's been the one constant, and it's just 
it's hard to see him go, especially to a contender and, a, you know, somebody in our own division, but it's going to be good for him, and I really wish him all the best. But as far as winter meeting stuff goes, we're going to wrap that up a little bit here. The, the free agent frenzy has officially kicked off, Brendan, and we've already seen it with the Andrew McCutcheons and everybody starting to get signed, Michael Brantley yesterday. And it's really just hitting the fans, and unfortunately the Blue Jays are sitting in neutral. A lot of that's for plenty of good reasons, but what could be coming, I guess? Blue Jays fans got to be expecting something. Uh, we know we were kind of talking about it earlier before the show that the payroll is literally falling off a cliff this year <laughs> from the $180 million to around the $100 million ballpark. There's got to be something that, that could help this team out and help them win now out on the free agent market. What do you think? I you got to think that they're going to make a, a bullpen signing or two. I mean, in my mind, the longer that Cody Allen waits, waits on the free agent market, the more that plays into exactly what the Blue Jays could do is pick Allen up late in the offseason for cheap if nobody does and sign him to a respectable deal because he's a really good track record. I mean, I think you and I talked about it yesterday when we were texting back and forth prepping for the show. I think the payroll will probably stay low for another few years because soon they're going to have to start dishing out that money to guys who are currently going through arbitration. they got to make a decision on Sanchez or Stroman are going to be locked up long-term, and it definitely doesn't seem that way. But when some of the young guys start getting up here and they want to start spending money, buying out some of their arbiters when they get to there, there's a lot of guys who will be worthy of big, big deals. Danny Jansen will start getting service time, and eventually, before we all know it, we'll be going through arbitration. Bo Bichette, Vlad Guerrero, all these guys are going to have to get paid at one point. So they're sticking some money. They're really trying to plan out not just the roster on the field to sustain long-term success, but that comes with being to iron out the payroll, too, and make sure that there's a lot of money on the books to refine these guys. So if there is any free agent signing, I think it, it, it will, I know it's going to be small one-year deals, maybe a Sung Wano type deal where you get one plus an option and that becomes even more attractive to a team that would trade for that signing at the deadline. Like, I think they got a good return for Sung Wano because they had, the Rockies had that extra year of control over him. So if they do sign a guy like Cody Allen on a Sung Wano type deal, on a one-year deal, obviously probably a little bit more money because Allen's really good. Hey, I can hear all that. But you have that extra year of control, a team that trades for him will be like, yeah, we'll give you a little bit more because we can have him next year too. Yeah, and um, as far as all the fun fundamentals here go, um, yeah, the free agent markets is what it is, and there's a lot of guys I think that they still could target and possibly make this team better. You're telling me that we couldn't slot Josh Harrison or somebody in as a mediocre, middle-of-the-range ballpark second baseman that plays a lot of positions into this team and not be that much better for the next couple of years? But maybe that's just one example of what they could be doing. But we we're also seeing the, you know, the more or less the trading being the big story so far this offseason and watching all these players shuffling around with the Mariners fire sale and everybody going on and now we have the wonderful weirdness of Edwin Encarnacion is somehow a Seattle Mariner <laughs> <laughs> I just I was looking at that trade and I keep looking at it and looking at it and I see the main motivation was moving around key key prospects and money and I just don't think I hope that um, Edwin isn't picking out apartments in Seattle. I have a strange feeling that he's going to end up somewhere else playing first base in Colorado, for example. The Houston Astros are always looking to acquire a big bat like Edwing. And, you know, it just 
I think that's where this free agency market's going. But do you you got to assume that Edwin's going on the market again soon too, right? I I'd be shocked if Edwin is a Mariner by spring training, and if he is, he will definitely be gone by the deadline. Especially if he gets off to a good start. The only thing that sucks for him is it, it's noticeable, and people know his bat speed has slowed down considerably since he was a Blue Jay. Even after his first year with Cleveland, which was last year, his bat speed slowed down, and now he's in a cavernous ballpark at Seattle. So I don't think those power numbers will take much of a crazy dip just because he's there, but um, he's not exactly in a favorable hitter's park for, for power, which is what teams would be trying to trade for. But he, he, I would be very, very, very surprised if he's still a Seattle Mariner by the time spring training opens. Yeah, there's just too many other neat teams that need a quality first baseman in the hunt. Even the New York Yankees have, uh, you know, the Greg Birds of the world that get hurt every five minutes playing first base. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, I just think the market is too big for him. And looking at the free agent first baseman, the Washington Nationals just signed Matt Adams to a one-year deal, and he's quote-unquote the second-best guy right behind Steve Pierce, who signed with the uh, Boston Red Sox again this offseason as first baseman goes. So... There's nobody to play first baseman on the market unless somebody's talking too low into it. <laughs> so he said he's up into position change. Yeah, which is funny now in hindsight, right? <laughs> that whole packing your bags comment. But as far as all that is concerned, um, there's this Edwin's going to be somewhere else. I just don't see somebody in a, that's in a contending ballpark. Um, would not want his services, regardless of the quote-unquote speed dip in his uh, swing. He's too good of a hitter, regardless, I think. And if you get him into one of those American League East parks again, it's just going to make it look very tiny. <laughs> well, they say American League East park, and I thought for sure, and a lot of people did, that that three-way trade was going to end up seeing Edwin go to Tampa Bay, which would absolutely suck for the Blue Jays because they struggle enough with the Rays as it is. And you know... Edwin in the American League East again would still be able to put up 35 to 40 home runs. So I, I maybe Seattle and Tampa will work on something. Maybe they are currently. I'm surprised it wasn't all a part of that three-team trade. But he's going to end up somewhere, and he's still a very good piece to have for a contending team. Yeah, and in all reality, the Rays are still sitting there with plenty of prospect armaments to turn around and hand them right to the Mariners all over again <laughs> and still get Edwin Encarnacion as a what would become the three-way trade that became a just two for teams <laughs> trade <laughs> so but it just it, it shocked me if he ends up somewhere you know in Seattle for first off but he's not he's gonna be somewhere that's on a competitive team I think by spring training so as far as all the other free agencies and free trades and all the other rumors are concerned the fun we also talked about a little bit last week was that um, Marcus Stroman and Aaron Sanchez are allegedly available and there's people knocking on the door Go ahead. yeah I mean it would not surprise me if one of them is traded by by the time spring training rolls around. The Reds really are trying to get things kick-started again because they've been bad for numerous amount of years. It's kind of odd that they'd still try to be kick-starting things when that division is still really good. I mean, the Pirates could be okay. Uh, Milwaukee, St. Louis getting Paul Goldschmidt, and and the Cubs are still going to be really good. But, I mean, hey, if, if the Reds want to give the Blue Jays a package that's worthy of deciding to trade Marcus Stroman. I know Jeter Downs would definitely be somebody of interest. 
to to us, as we talked about right before we came on. But I mean, the Reds have a ton of good prospects that they could move, which would tickle the Blue Jays' fancy. I mean, the one guy that I absolutely would love for the Blue Jays to get because they do need an outfielder in their system, one that's close to the major league level, is Taylor Trammell. Um, and that guy has five tools uh, written all over it, much like Anthony Alford does. So it'd be nice if the Blue Jays and Reds came to a deal where Trammell or Downs or somebody of that caliber comes back here. Yeah, there is just... And the Reds have talent. I've had the plethora, uh, the pleasure of seeing them, uh, their Midwest League team, play a few times. So uh, that Jeter Downs kid is for real, and I wouldn't. It would not shock me if he's in a good piece of that Reds club if he sticks around in the, very shortly. And in all reality, I think he's one of those guys that's a candidate to shoot through the system this year. Um, other uh, trades ideas that uh, apparently um, Kevin Pillar has also been inquired by a few teams. Um, no, the biggest notable one, I think, is the San Francisco Giants are looking for outfield help, especially with Hunter Pence and everybody being uh, free agents in their outfield this year. Andrew McCutcheon now just signing with the Philadelphia Phillies. I can see why they're interested in this, and that's a big outfield in San Francisco to be roaming. And Kevin Pillar is obviously somebody that's shown that he has no problem running around the field and catching pretty much everything. To many Blue Jays fans dismay, he might be on his way out. If, I mean, if the Blue Jays are truly committed to letting the young guys run in 2019, like the Jansons, which is why you've heard Russell Martin's name dangled in trade talks, it's why they released Troy Tukowitzki, as we discussed a ton last week, obviously, and other guys. It just makes so much sense to move on Pilar. Even if you got a, a B-level prospect, even a C-level prospect, just somebody who can add to the, to the minor league depth, uh, just open up a full-time spot for an Anthony Alford or a Dwight Smith Jr. And that won't happen unless Kevin Pillar is gone. So I am all open for anything uh, to trade Kevin Pillar, especially if the Giants are looking for outfielders. That would surprise me if that doesn't become a thing. Yeah, as far as Blue Jays' uh, projected outfield goes, you have Randall Grychuk playing right field, Kevin Pillar allegedly slated in at center field, and then we have a rotation of random fun and left fields between Billy McKinney, Dwight Smith Jr., Anthony Alford, so on and so forth. There's a little bit of a log jam there with a lot of young talent to go along with that, and we got, we got a really good shot at Billy McKinney at the end of the season there, and he looked pretty good in our ballpark. Well, you know what is also telling? I don't know how much fans should read into this at all, but they've announced Winterfest details today, the first set of players who are actually going to be showing up, and Kevin Pillar is not on that list. Right now I'm looking at it, Billy McKinney, Dwight Smith Jr., Randall Gritchick, and Teoscar Hernandez are all scheduled to be coming to Winterfest, and they've definitely taken a lot longer this year to announce players who are coming than they did the year before, and that's probably because they know the roster is very much in flux and could change uh, at any possible time. I'm not saying for fans to read into that at all, but you might be able to make something for that. If Polar, who's a fan favorite, isn't an act in the next few days of coming, then you know he's actively being, in my mind, you can make a reasonable assumption that he's actively being shocked and could be end, end up being on the move. Yeah, and um, it's the six degrees from Kevin Bacon idea, I guess, at that point, but um, that's the also, the, you mentioned the other guy I left out of that conversation is Teoscar Hernandez, who I I unfortunately think he's destined to be the team's DH if we ever get rid of Kendris Morales, but as far as it goes, he's been playing solid 
um, outfield in the Mexican League, I believe he's playing in right now, and he's hitting home runs just like he's been, So, and it's looking very, very good. So um, having him, obviously, that mix, that's a solid mix with a lot of guys. If Teoscar improves his defense even a little bit compared to last year, then he can instantly factor back into the outfield. But I, I agree. Once Morales' contract is done at the end of this year, then Teoscar is probably... If he has another bad year in the outfield, he's probably looking like he's destined for a DH spot. Yeah, and his bats is too important. And honestly, I would love to see what if he wasn't worrying about his defense, how good his offensive production could be. And maybe that's just me being selfish and wanting him just to hit. <laughs> but it is what it is. And I also know that Anthony Alford's in the wings and who is an incredible defender. A guy that's worthy of playing center field, but if he's blocked in center... He is going to be a heck of a left fielder. So uh, absolutely, I, it sucks. It feels like Anthony Alford's career is derailed, but it's really only been one year that he got derailed. So if he starts hot in AAA, Anthony Alford will be up here really, really quickly in 2019. I mean, if he's impressive enough, there is a slight chance that maybe he could break the camp with the team. But they'll definitely take it slow with Alford. But once he gets here, he's here to stay. And I think that's what the Blue Jays want. It's what they should want and it's what all fans should want, too. Yeah, I think it's funny that you make that comment about him breaking camp because I was actually talking with somebody else, Blue Jays stuff, the other day. And I actually said that he could be this year's Loris Gurriel as far as talent all of a sudden in the major league level. He's got the tools. It's just about having the time to develop and run and run with it at the major league level. He's got great lumber and he has great tools. This is a guy that was playing professional football up until two years ago. You know what? There's one of my one of my buddies is, is, is very he knows a lot about baseball, um, and I trust what he has to say quite a bit. He would not be surprised because of the football aspect and that he started just focusing on baseball late, that he is a little bit of a late bloomer. And somebody else who is a late bloomer who established himself and to be a really good player is Lorenzo Cain. Lorenzo Cain developed really late and has turned into, was at one point an MVP candidate and was really good with Brewers last year. If Alford follows a very similar career path to Lorenzo Cain, I'm not saying he can be Lorenzo Cain, maybe, with a little bit more power uh, at the absolute best case scenario. But... Anthony Alford, to me, screams late bloomer, and the Blue Jays absolutely need to be keeping him around to have that uh, late bloomer um, in, in their system and on the major league roster. Yeah, and this is also a system that's boasting guys like Dwight Smith Jr., who we've already seen have decent success so far in his major league career as a kind of like a fourth, fifth outfielder. Um, a guy that I've loved watching in Buffalo the last two years, and Jonathan Davis, who is nothing but a speed machine. Um, it reminds me a lot of Raji Davis, who just signed with the Mets, but I really feel like his on-base tools are a lot better than what Raji Davis showed when he was a Toronto Blue Jay. So, more guys. And, and, <laughs> yeah, and I mean, that's exactly why they need to move on from Ken Pilar. Um, he was part of the old core. I know he, I get that he's a very, very popular guy in the fan base, but if you got to start getting looks at guys like Jonathan Davis and extended looks at Dwight Smith Jr., the Smith Jr. has been very successful in small spurts. It'd be interesting to see maybe 200 at-bats quite consistently at the beginning of the year if he starts to get exposed. And if he doesn't, then he could be a very nice piece on this team for the next few years. Bingo. So, but as far as all these trade pieces go, the Blue Jays need pitching. So the weird thing about having Sanchez and Stroman dangling out there, that means that you're either banking on signing somebody like we missed out on Lance Lynn 
like we were talking about pre-show, to eat up innings. Who's going to slide into that, Brendan? There's just nobody. <sighs> yeah, I don't want to see Ryan Barucki racking 220 innings this in, this year. No, you know what? It's going to be if they don't find somebody, which I'll be very surprised if they if they don't end up finding a starter. I mean, they need one. Maybe they get one via trade. Um, but I, I thought Lance Lynn was the perfect fit to be here. And right after he signed with Texas, it was reported that the Blue Jays never seriously took a run at Lance Lynn, which I find very, very surprising. So I, it's going to be it's probably another guy who's going to be right at the end or, or right at the end of spring training, much like Jaime Garcia was. And also, just breaking now, posted on MLB trade rumors at 7:07 Central, so one minute ago on Eastern Time. Is Matt Harvey just trying to deal with the Los Angeles Angels? So there's another starter that's off the market. I'm glad I didn't bring that topic up and stick my foot right in my mouth, and then you slap me with that information, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> so, but as far as it goes, uh, I think a lot of the Blue Jays trading or uh, market for this off season is is just latency and, and see who falls off the table. You're not going to see Bryce Harper and Manny Machado fall below their freaking wants, but you're this middle of the ballpark here, the Trevor Cahill's, the Wade Miley's, Mike Fires. Those kind of guys could eat up some innings, and um, I believe you had a guy uh, wrote an article on James Shields that you had a slight man crush on why he would be perfect for this team just to crush innings. <laughs> yeah, so it's going to be somebody like that. It'll be a, a Cahill is, is actually quite intriguing to me because he's really rediscovered and, and put it all back together. He started off really quickly with the Athletics, fell off the table in the face of the earth for a few years there, but he's put it back together. Now he's healthy, pitching the bullpen, and now he's back on the rotation and, and actually a nice end of the rotation kind of arm. And there still is guys out there who will probably end up being signed and, and will be on the free agent market come mid to end of January who they could pounce on. I mean, look at right now, you, you see guys Miguel Gonzalez, Jason Hamill, Nathan Carnes would be interesting, Derek Holland, even though I don't want to touch him, Wade <laughs> Miley. Um, and yeah, just as it McFire, there are arms out there who I always liked Gio uh, Gonzalez, and I think he represents a good sense of leadership for this team too, because this is a guy that's had to work, not always work with his best stuff, and still figure out how to be a really, really, really good pitcher. Um, and I honestly think he helped turn around that Brewers team at the end of the season last year to run into the playoffs. And obviously the market for Dallas Keuchel hasn't really kicked in yet. And from all accounts is more deader than a doornail wall until the Patrick Corbin's haps and everybody had just signed. I imagine there's some people knocking on that door now, but this is a guy that was just as good as as anybody last year in Dallas Keuchel. <laughs> and maybe with this pay cut that they are shooting just below $100 million this year, maybe that's not the worst idea to get a three-year, four-year deal out of Dallas Keuchel and have him through, you know, even if he is a third starter by the end of that contract, that's a solid guy we could have through the Vladdy era, beginning of the Vladdy era, anyway. <laughs> I'd be totally open to that. If he falls into a nice little price range, he could, especially being a little bit older, then I'm all for it. you got to have guys who are going to be here longer term, and you're going to have to have some sort of veteran. You can't just rely on, on all the young guys to start instantly eating innings. So I think as much as a one-year deal, for cheap makes sense. There is an equally strong rationale to sign a guy like Keitel or somebody uh, along the same kind of ilk as Dallas Keitel to be in this rotation for the next few years. Yeah. 
So let's uh, talk, guys. The Blue Jays did acquire as pitchers over the last week here. Winter meetings, Rule 5 draft picked Elvis Luciano comes in, 18-year-old out of the Kansas City Chief, uh, Royals uh, organization. <laughs> I almost went football on you, everybody there. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, I did um, that a few episodes ago when I when I said Tula went to the Pittsburgh Steelers, I believe. But no, I said, New, I said New England Patriots or something like that. Anyway, yeah, no worries. We both have football on the mind. Well, Tula is a pitcher, remember. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He can't throw the ball. He is a pitcher. <laughs> <laughs> so as far as all the fun goes, this kid's 18. Um, I just It's amazing that he was even eligible to be in the Rule 5 draft, let alone to be a pick. I believe I was reading uh, that he will be, the, if he does make the team, he will be the youngest Rule 5 draft pick to actually debut in the major leagues. And that's yeah, just insane. I, there's some. There was some loophole. I can't remember what it was now, but people were bringing up the loophole that allowed him to be eligible for the Rule Five draft, which is crazy for an 18 year old. Yeah, I, I still am very surprised that they went down that route because he's unless he sticks here all year, they work out a trade with the Royals, which I thought was going to happen as soon as they took Luciano. I thought for sure they would try to work out a trade with the Royals, and then I was even though he, he wouldn't be. I don't think he'd be very good here. Doesn't fit this park. I thought maybe they would work something out to take on the rest of Ian Kennedy's salary. And I was actually kind of wrapping my head around that just to have a veteran at the back end of the rotation because they need one. But it's right after that, I can say, no, there's no deal. They took him because they think he's going to stick and they think he's going to be good. Apparently, he has really good stuff. I'm interested to see what he's all about. Yeah, from talking to some of the Prospect Live guys who are friends of our show, uh, they uh, more or less uh, kind of gave me this one... Warm and fuzzy actually does have some good stuff, but right now it's kind of in that spray-and-pray ballpark of getting it across the plate. It's the, uh, a command issue more than an actual stuff issue. As far as everything goes, um, you can't really see that in, too much in his numbers because it doesn't show a, a ton of walks in his minor league innings. You know, 20 and 56 innings last year in the Appalachian League. And I honestly, from my trip to the Appalachian League, I can't believe I didn't see this kid. <laughs> but <laughs> as far as it goes, he's got some decent stuff. So it, maybe he does become the bullpen arm like everybody is toting, but I'm still hard-pressed to believe it. I know, me too. It, it's going to be very surprising. I mean, he's going to have to break camp with the team now if they want to keep him around past this year. Uh, unless they work out a trade. If it doesn't work out, he, he gets returned to the Royals. But if they thought he was that good of an arm and had the potential to be that good of an arm, then they're going to have to find some way to keep him around. And maybe he's just a long man who gets in in blowouts or whenever the Blue Jays are blowing out 18. Um, kind of try to stash him like they did with Biagini before they realized, oh, he was actually pretty good out of the bullpen in 2016. But I mean, Biagini was considerably older and had a lot more experience. Luciano's never pitched above rookie ball before. He was in rookie ball last year. He's in the Appalachian League. Yeah, exactly. He's every definition of the word millennial being born February 15th, 2000. <laughs> that's, that's crazy to me. A two, uh, somebody born in the 2000s could be on a major league roster. It's going to happen very soon. A lot more people born in the 2000s. But, hey, I mean, let's, let's hope he he's turns into something, and he can be a guy who, in 2019, if it doesn't work out and he does end up saying, he could just be added to depth and he can continue his, uh, they can continue his uh, progression and development. Yeah, 
And now a move that came in the Rule 5 AAA portion, which makes a little bit more sense here, because uh, as you and I were talking before the show, this falls into the ballpark of there's no such thing as a bad minor league deal. The Blue Jays pick up David Gardner and assign him directly right to the Buffalo Bisons, a uh, 26-year-old right-handed pitcher. <laughs> and so taken out of the Cubs organization. Originally, it was a round seven draft pick in 2013. Had some decent numbers, kind of up and down, all over the place, and last year didn't play. <laughs> At least I'm not seeing any right. 18 numbers here. The only thing I see with him, which is good, is from what you can make out of mounted league numbers, he strikes out consistently more uh, than any pitched playing. And 2017, in 26 games, 31 innings out of the bullpen, he struck out 37. I mean, that's, that's, deep, that's pretty good, striking out more than a batter per inning. So, hey, as he said, no such no such thing as a bad minor league signing or addition through Rule 5, minor league portion of the draft. So, hey, all the power to me. Hey, Just I'll, take a live arm like that. I'll take a live arm exactly. like that. And this is a guy that also played in the, at the end of that 2017 season in the Pacific Coast League and struck out a lot, too. And that's a notorious hitter's ballpark for all the whole league. <laughs> so Yeah. Maybe there's something there, but like I said, what's the worst case scenario? We got somebody that can throw the ball hard and uh, Buffalo ready to go if need be. You know, that's a quick bus ride. You know, right up to the ball pub. <laughs> that's right, very quick. Yeah, he's definitely looks like he could be something decent. He got up to AAA in 2017, so he's obviously starting to knock on the doorstep when he was still with the Cubs organization. So take a flyer, see what happens. Definitely. So. One guy that might not be a flyer all of a sudden. Um, you were uh, bringing it to my attention before the uh, show here about Santiago Espinal. You want to dive into that? Oh, absolutely, because that got me quite excited. I mean, I'll read off what MLB Pipeline put out there right now. And in, in combined between the Red Sox organization and the Blue Jays organization after he got here for two years, he is 297, 356 on base, 444 slugging. 10 home runs over 124 games. I mean, he led the league um, with the highest line drive and fly ball rate in the minors last year among team top 30 prospects. So he's also, the the article that he was featured in is titled 10 Prospects Who Should Take Off in 2019. So the fact that a guy who was traded for Steve Pierce, Steve Pierce ended up being a monster and won the World Series MVP for the Red Sox, uh, in this past playoff. That's a good return, especially for somebody in the organization. But he adds to the middle infield depth, and as we were saying before we hopped on, there's so much middle infield depth in this organization that a position change is going to have to happen, which has already kind of started, as we said, with Kevin Biggio playing some outfield. Um, and there's other guys in this organization a little farther off, but also getting a little closer, like the Kevin Smith further down, Jordan Groshan, who they just took in the past draft pick, Elvis Martinez, Miguel Geraldo, there's a ton, a ton of infield depth. So perhaps there could be a trade, maybe not this offseason, maybe at the deadline, to acquire somebody who's controllable, but I would be surprised if by next offseason some of this clutter in the infield isn't cleared up a little bit. I know it's still a few years away, but they have all the depth and prospect capital they need to make a bigger trade in the 2019 offseason or at some point during the 2019 season. 
Yeah, and uh, Espinal, this is the Blue Jays' new mold. Just gra- if you're grabbing middle infielders that are usually the most athletic guys on the team. You know, anybody right up the middle is usually your speediest and most athletic guys. Espinal fits that t- to a T. The guy is quick. He does great things with his good bat speed at the plate. And I and a lot of that actually translated in some really nice pop last season. <laughs> So this is a guy that could play very, very well with the gaps of the Rogers Center over in the future. Um, you know, we've had plenty of guys that hit the ball over the wall, but there's plenty of guys that have beaten the heck out of those blue walls in the outfield over the years and made a very good living. <laughs> I'm <a> John Olrud. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, but as far as all it goes, it just goes to show you that they drafted these or drafted or acquired all these young talented athletes worst case scenario you have Espinal right now that might be in his some of his best trade value that you could get something that bat, better back in a pitching trade it, it, this is not a throw in guy anymore That which is what the no. Red Sox might have saw him as or maybe he was on that line where they didn't know enough about what was going to happen in his future and like oh Steve Pierce let's win the World Series which makes complete sense <laughs> so yeah, I mean, if he can, if he turns into anything remotely good, just flipping him for Steve, getting him for Steve Pierce, that's a win for the Blue Jays organization. And yeah, I mean, I, I'm still on the train of trying to capitalize on some of the great seasons some of these guys had in the minors last year, like a Kevin Smith or Kevin Biggio, guys who won that 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 caliber of prospects who had good years. Try to sell when their value is at the absolute highest to acquire a controllable starter, if that's possible these days. It's so hard to acquire controllable starting pitchers especially. But with all this depth, it screams trade at some point, or they're going to have to eventually consider position changes. Yeah, I, th- I still am with a firm belief that this year's spring training is just going to be like the Mad Max Thunderdome freaking uh, level of prospect battle, <laughs> and everybody's just going to beat the piss out of each other until they hash out a roster. Um, obviously, we know that nobody's going to be playing third base as well as Vladdy will eventually in the season, but right now that's a spot that's held up by Brandon Drury. That doesn't strike me as that exciting either. <laughs> You know, it's like, okay, you would at least hope you have somebody salvageable. But maybe that's just because I only see Brandon Drury on that level of uh, Ryan Goins and whatnot at this point. I'd love to see more. He's always had more potential. But this is the guy that's going to be, quote-unquote, starting at third base opening day. And Richard Urania is really the only other guy that might contest that, in my opinion. Yeah, I... I'm, 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 I, I do like Brady Jury. There is definitely something there, as he said. So ride with him at third until Vlad's here. And as we said a few episodes ago, uh, when we were talking about the non-tenders and gone to Devin Travis, if Travis starts to struggle, then Drury is going to start getting some reps at second base and getting some time there. So you know what? They, they have people they can plug and play in a bunch of different positions, which is actually kind of nice compared to a few seasons ago where there was not a whole lot of versatility on this roster. Yeah, what I would actually, me being a Buffalo Bisons fan as much as I am here in Rochester, New York, I would love to see Jason Ledlabegian. And yeah, good luck anybody spelling that. I've done my homework. <laughs> um, I just want to. I just want to hear how many times in a broadcast Buck Martinez uh, blunders his name. <laughs> 
Uh, Pat Dabbler had it covered pretty good in spring training when he was showing some of his stuff, but I don't know. I don't know if I recall Buck ever saying that name while he was playing. So, but he's the guy that had he's played great defense at third base throughout his whole tenure with the Toronto Blue Jays system, and has shown some really good stuff with the bat in spurts. Maybe this is one of those guys that runs in with an opportunity to steal a job and just frickin' puts on a show. Who knows? <laughs> That'd be nice. Uh, they, they're going to have to have a few people come up and steal some jobs for the at least for April until some more want to get up here. Yeah, and actually, I don't even know if he's technically a roster member at this point. I'm on the Buffalo Bisons roster, and this looks like a hot podge of we don't even know anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, but yeah, as far as everything else goes, I think that's just what they're going to have to figure out in the next couple of weeks here is how they want to spend the rest of their off season. As half of it's over, we are 99 days away from spring training fun, I believe, if I remember seeing that right on on uh, Twitter. So, Winterfest is coming on quick. <laughs> we got Charlie yeah. Montoyo is going to be there, my friend. Yeah, he's going to be thrown right into the fire. I like it. And you know what? People are going to fall in love with this guy. The reviews that he got right after he hired, I think he's going to be a really, really good manager for this team. And apparently he has some aspects of John Gibbons where he's very laid back, but at the same time he brings that added element that Gibby didn't have in terms of being much more open to using analytics. I know the whole topic of conversation surrounding the opener was brought up uh, at the winter meetings when Montoyo did his press conference down there. So they'll be open to anything, and Montoyo will be. So I'm excited. I'm excited for the fans to get to know this guy. Yeah, he at least seems open enough to me that no idea is a bad idea. Let's talk it out, which is, I think, what exactly. a lot of these young players are going to relish. And the fact that he showed up and did what he did at the Arizona Fall League just to start meeting some of the players and things like that, I don't, I can't imagine any other manager doing that kind of thing these days but maybe we're in the wonderful new era and this you know Montoyo is going to be the leader on this whole thing and the Blue Jays will hopefully ride his coattails <laughs> that'd be awesome I am all here for Charlie Montoya. so anyway my friend um that unless you got something you would like to bring up I'm pretty sure that's about where we're ballparking this I think that's uh that covers the most of it I mean, other okay. than the fact they lost Travis Bergen and Jordan Romano in the real five draft so Bergen sucks. I think Romano does suck too, but Bergen was definitely somebody who could have been a factor in the in yeah. the bullpen. But uh, we'll see. We'll see what both it, of them end up becoming. Yeah, definitely that one did sting. I was uh, a little surprised that Jackson McClelland is still in our ballpark, and I honestly figured he would go before Bergen was my guess. But maybe somebody else just saw what they wanted in Bergen, and they're like, "Yeah, that's what I'm going after." Um, the best thing that happened to Jordan Romano, other than he's probably going to get a chance to actually be on the starting rotation for the Texas Rangers, I loved how Danny Jansen trolled him on Twitter. <laughs> Did you see that? <laughs> I missed that. What, what, what do you say? He goes, it's sad to see you go, my friend, and he has a video of him going deep off of him from spring training. <laughs> Actually, I did see that. Now that you bring that up, that was awesome. You know, one thing that's going to be so exciting about this young core is they seem to all really get along. I mean, we saw it already with Danny Jansen and Ryan Barucki the other day on Instagram, I believe it was already working out together. So Yeah, Barucki's dad's guys, tweeting out how much fun they're having working out <laughs> over the off season and everything, it's good stuff. So great! It's going to be fun. It's clubhouse next year. It's going to be a lot of fun. 
Yeah, and I think that's the unspoken thing of what Atkins and Shapiro have been able to put together. All these kids coming up together and winning throughout the minor league system, that breeds that kind of, you know, hey, we, we can do this, and everybody's confident in bringing each other up at the same time. So it's going to be interesting yeah. to watch, and everybody needs to be watching. This is going to be the beginning of something special. I really do believe that. So I believe it, too. So what's going on with you uh, at Jay's Journal, my friend? I don't know. It's, it's been a very slow news cycle the past week. I, I put something out on the good of Sean Reed Foley and his eight starts or however many or I believe it was eight. Uh, at the end of 2018, there's a lot of good stuff for Sean Reed Foley if he can harness that control. But in terms of topics to run with, there isn't a whole lot right now. So I definitely need something to write about. So nothing that's cooking right now. Yeah, we got me thinking about doing a roundtable about baseball movies. That's how slow this off season has been so far. <laughs> so, as far as all fun is concerned, yeah, but that's what's going on. And uh, we're uh, all you Blue Jays fans were actually looking for another fan that would actually like to join us on the you know a fan interview here for a fan chat. So make sure you hit us up on at BirdWatchingGC on Twitter and direct message us. You know, we'll talk it out and see if we can get you on the air. It'll be that much fun. Um, other than that, Brendan, I'm pretty sure that's it. We covered everything I think we wanted to. It's a good little show, and hopefully uh, people have a very Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. I'm not sure what our Wednesday wallet schedule will be over the holiday season, but early 2019, we'll hit you up with some new content. Hopefully we'll have some new news, and uh, we won't hit the nog too hard over the week, over the week here. <laughs> Yeah, there's nothing. I mean, now that the other than general MLB stuff that somewhat indirectly affects the Jays, unless they make a move that's worthy of talking about for an entire episode, we're going to have to start coming up with uh, some interesting storylines. I promise we will find fun and shenanigans one way or the other. (laughs) Maybe maybe on an episode that there's not a whole lot going on, then uh, we get a few beers deep and just shoot shit for a little while uh, yeah. uh, under the influence of alcohol. <laughs> and isn't that how we do the show normally anyway? I've got a beer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not throwing be- peanuts at the TV or anything. Guys, the uh, Sabres game, unfortunately, is blacked out down here tonight. <laughs> so that's all it is. But as far as it goes, my friend, thank you very much, as always, here on the Wednesday Wallop with Brandon Panikar and Craig Borden. Uh, make sure you hit those uh, subscribe buttons up on Twitter or on iTunes. Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasting pleasures from. We are here to chit-chat and have as much fun with you as we possibly can. And hopefully we have some good things to talk about Blue Jays news-wise after Winterfest and all the you know festive funs. We hope you have a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy Hanukkah, everything. And Brendan, peace out, my friend. Until next time. You bet, Craig. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you too, bud. Bye, everybody. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com amazing to start your springtime adventure. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.